And it's just, oh, fuck me. It was. I love it. Avoidable. Avoidable is how I'd fuck. Like the start of this show. <laughs> well done. I can't uh, play. Welcome to Game of Notes, a weekly podcast on the cosmos from independent validator teams. Okay, hello and welcome to Game of Nodes, a weekly podcast on the cosmos from independent validator teams. And despite knowing the format for this, I still got rugged again. Well done. <laughs> well played. Although you fucked up actually fucking starting the show. So it was kind of an impotent, it was kind of a, it was sort of like a premature ejaculation of a rug, wasn't it? Just <laughs> <laughs> a nothing rug. I was just so ec- ecstatic and excited about the rug that I just couldn't figure out how to fucking get the thing going. Just clicking all the buttons at once. Where's the, where's so the video? So there's perfect. so many good things in that. There's so many good things in that. I mean, at the end of the day, like, uh, yeah, whatever. It's not it's not complicated to use the rug pool function in the streaming software and you still manage no, to fuck it, it, it up. Is- it is hard to get it in. <laughs> That's almost it's, as it's good. Hard to get it in there with the subtle, so you can't see me like rugging you. So <laughs> that's that's fair enough. Um, okay, so <laughs> so um, this episode uh, we got quite a few. We got, I guess, a few things to talk about. Uh, we've had quite a few questions in. Um, I guess the the biggest ones uh, are well, the osmosis halt is the biggest thing. Um, before we talk about that though, um, we, we, always get asked whether we mind giving our opinions as validators on things that are currently going on in the cosmos on, on chains that we validate. Um, there is a live prop currently up on Juno. Well, there's actually, uh, I guess there's, there's two things currently being talked about. Uh, one of which is the, uh, the sub DAO principles, um, vote has just, uh, just passed. Uh, was that last week? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Eighth. Or was that today? No, that was this morning. That was this morning, wasn't it? Or this morning UTC. Because um, there was a Juno epoch and my phone went off. I, I remember. Uh, this says nine o'clock yesterday PM, but I have no idea what time zone is this ETC or is it? I'm not sure if it's adjusted or not. But anyway, yeah. recently. Um, so uh, I don't think it's up on chain yet, but there's the first discussion about the first sub DAO, which is the Hack Juno DAO. That's quite exciting from a Juno perspective. Um, and there's, pro- I mean, do we have any thoughts on the on the Hack Juno? Where, where's the where's all this being set up? Is this all on DAO DAO, or what's happening? What's the next steps on this? Like, where does this go? Yeah, so it. I, I guess there'll be a signaling proposal on. Actually, no, it won't be a signaling proposal on chain. It will be a proposal on chain to move some funds. I would assume to a DAO on DAO DAO. To a DAO yeah, on DAO, so DAO. It'll be. Uh, it'll be a. I think it's going to be a contract instantiation. I thought. Um, for the actual sub DAO. This first one was just basically signaling ah. and say, hey, we want to be able to put funds towards these ideas, right? And then now the, this next step yeah, is and, and all prioritization of, of those. All of the sub-DAO proposals were to instantiate the DAOs, I thought. Um, but I, I thought that's what Jake was saying. I might have got it wrong. Maybe it was to move funds from community pool. Um, but the so no, no, it is, it is to instantiate the contract because 
they're actually putting funds from the dev pool, not the community pool, for Hack Juno anyway. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. I, d- I didn't think the uh, the proposal was going to actually instantiate the, the contract. That feels- I mean, this is, this is just a text proposal, so there's nothing in here that's... No, no, this, yeah. so the, the proposal that's on-chain now is the one for the actual, you know, that's a signaling proposal to say that we want to do this. To, does everyone agree? Right. And then the subsequent, so we broke, they broke them up. They, it was going to be, they were going to put the, um, the Hack Juno DAO and the Dev DAO in, in that original prop, but then broke it up to just have a signaling prop to say this is what we want to do so it's not tied to those other two things and then separately do those other two sub DAOs um, and I think they can both be just contract. Uh, there's going to be a message that goes along with them that does some things to do with that sub DAO. Cool. Um, yeah. So it is this- code is law in there. This is also setting up for the other ones we talked about, like infrastructure DAO with Jake when he was on those types of things, right? Because that's that stuff yeah. that's pretty exciting. I like that idea. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a good handful of DAOs. I think there's uh, there four DAOs planned. There's marketing DAO. Hack Juno DAO, mm-hmm. DevDAO, InfraDAO. Those so are the first I'm four. There's already some sort of marketing DAO. I'm not sure if it's a core cool one, though. There was, right? There is at well, least a semi official one, yeah. But I, I don't I know if it's. Something about it. I'm not sure if he's part of that or something, but I'm sure he was saying something about it. Yeah, I think Islander is part of <clears throat> something. I think it's a marketing DAO. Cool. Um, but I think that's going to be more formally established. Um, I, I would guess that that will be Wolf and Block kind of leading that up. Um, yeah. And then everybody who's currently in the core team will will kind of be sort of moved, shuffled into their respective um, subject matters. Yeah. Um, so Callum, Callum has finally showed up and uh, I actually tweeted out, where's Callum? <laughs> <laughs> the hell, man! Isn't this in your calendar? Come on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so there's a yeah marketing MS on Dow Dow. Cool. Um, and yeah, I guess Highlander nodes. He said so. So you want to talk about 26? You want to talk about this, the sponsorship? So it feels like yeah, it feels like the 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 Dow's thing isn't particularly controversial, especially like Usurper said. We've been talking about the infra Dow on here, and I think we're all quite. <laughs> enthusiastic about about the things that i guess infrastructure providers can do when working together in situations where it's things like rpcs or whatever where it, uh where cooperation is the the winning strategy or the dominant strategy or whatever right um so but, but yeah prop 26 26 is the one i think that's maybe more interesting which is so obviously um uh cosmoverse i'm actually wearing uh the last cosmoverse t-shirt um, although it's very, very small, so you probably can't see it wherever it is. Um, yeah. Uh, Cosmoverse, very good um, uh, conference. The last one was. I'm not going to the next one because obviously I really value having all my fingers and toes. Um, <laughs> but uh, the there, there's a prop basically to Wait, hold put on. up. We need to back up for a second there. <laughs> I have one in your fingers and toes. What is this referencing? <laughs> oh, uh, the next Cosmoverse is in Medellin, Colombia. <clears throat> which i'm sure is quite oh lovely. right 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 i remember now we had this discussion okay yeah <laughs> yeah thanks Davis, um, michael it's on screen mate 
we, we know that I'm paranoid, right? We, this has been well established. Like, but just because I'm paranoid, just because you're paranoid, doesn't mean they're not out to get you, right? Um, in well, the case of the sure you wear, like all your ledgers in your same fanny pack, right? That's, that's right. what people do. That's, that's right. That's safety one Yeah, he's actually like a, a gun belt style. <laughs> oh, like the ammo yeah. <laughs> Like instead of shotgun shells. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, I, I thought you, as long as you put the fanny pack around your front, then you can see it and nobody can nick from you, right? See? Flawless. Yeah. They Flawless can still get nails out. So. They should make those with the ledger logo, logo like right on the front, too. Just <laughs> this like, is really some obvious. Bright, some bright ledgers, ledgers sponsored front fanny packs. Because you wouldn't want to forget what was in there, right? You either. wouldn't, right? Yeah, yeah you want to advertise ledger. Like, that's a good. I'm safe. Look at this. I got this fanny pack. What's a bandola? A bandolier? I think that's the misspelling yeah, that's of bandolier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Say bandolier again. Bandolier. <laughs> trust, trust Callum to actually know what that is. Eh? Um, so, fun fact, a fanny pack is just called a bum bag in England. It's exactly Same. the same. Oh, really? Isn't it, yeah. is that a trunk bag or something? Or a... yeah, it's a bum bag. Bum bag. Bum bag. Sorry. Bum bag. I mean, I guess a fanny pack is effectively the same thing, just different words. Yeah, Fan- it's very close to an insult though, because obviously "grot bag" is an insult. So, fanny is such a fun word, though. You got it. You got it. I mean, that's a. Fan- Come on, fanny pack well, versus fanny, bum well, bag. Fanny, fanny, fanny means pack. vagina in the UK. Oh, does it? Well, that's yeah. even more. So, if you wear it in front, it's even more appropriate then. So if you say fanny, if you say fanny pack, people are like. <laughs> Yeah, they wear it in front with the ledger logo. <laughs> well, like when Americans are like, oh, are you sitting on your fanny? It's just like, uh, what? Really? Is that really what? I didn't know that. That's good yeah, to know. Yeah. Just means well, I, mean, I mean, I don't, I don't use the word fanny in typical conversation, so it's not much of a faux pas, but, you know, good to know. But the more you well, know, I could, the more well, I could <laughs> never the last know. time I used fanny in a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're Australian. You're not even American. Yeah, we, we've got the What do they call it down there? Can't. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's like you know the Simpsons, the Simpsons joke where she's like, "Say the line, say the line, say the line, say the line Bart. Say it. God, little emoji. <laughs> All right, so back to Medellin. So, Rim, yeah, well, yeah. So next, Cosmoverse is in Medellin. Um, Prop twenty six is. Uh, does Juno co-sponsor it? Um, and the only controversial thing about this, I think, is the sum of money. It, well, fifteen. It was fifteen thousand Juno, which was more uh, a few days ago. It was, it was more. It was a lot more. <laughs> Whatever when it is, it was, was more. On Commonwealth. And I think since this question got posed to us, oh, what do yeah. you think of Prop Twenty Six? Which I think got posed to us six days ago. Uh, I think six days ago it was like eighty grand or whatever. Oh, as of right now, value now, at least as of June eighth, it's uh, fifty four thousand USD, which seems quite reasonable, actually. Yeah. So I guess unfortunately, question- yeah. meanwhile, their Adam that they got is worthless, and they're fucking well after. And Osmo is ungettable at the moment. It is ungettable. That makes it. It should make it more valuable, right? And also yeah. worthless. Well, well back, to our, back to our thing from last right, week. What, right. Yeah, where, where the chain's not running. What is it? It's just a very <laughs> exclusive NFT. <laughs> it's extremely yeah. exclusive NFT. <laughs> it might as well be a fucking CW twenty twenty. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that topic later. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, so, uh, yeah, 
I guess there's two things about it. Like, what do you think of the value, the the amount of money? It seems quite a bit. And also, I think actually in general, there's a question of like how much value there is given to the Juno community from sponsoring these things in general. I can kind of get on board with the, if you go with the Juno's a blue chip, want to support the community. Yeah. You know, it is a community conference. I guess it's developers, right? So, so I think as a as a sponsorship, you're not really gaining much traction in terms of a user base because it's all current users that go to that that go to Cosmos, right? It's like devs and and people who are already you know brave enough to want to go to um, Medellin who are a, a cosmonaut and. Secondly, like I think for that type of money, like Juno should be the lead sponsor is the only thing. Yeah, I, I think I, I agree. I think it is the lead sponsor, isn't it? For that money, I have no idea. No, it's like a, actually, somewhere in that in that proposal, it said like the costs are about three hundred thousand for the show. Did I see that? I thought I just read that, but I mean, they do sell tickets. Yeah. So. Current cost for the three day event is already exceeding three hundred thousand. This is like fifty four thousand dollars in Juno. So, depending on how many what's going on there i i i think that it is a this is not i agree i totally agree with with Noel. like this is not a acquisition play right this isn't a marketing branding type of thing this is really giving back to say for people who are already invested this is something to be able to to be able to make sure that the conference goes well which you know this number doesn't actually doesn't seem that ridiculous to me i was just trying to look at minscan because there was a couple other proposals that were out recently where the numbers were like way ridiculous but i'll See if I can remember what the heck we were talking about. Well, I guess there was the one million Juno for the Terra Development Fund. That that was big. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like and things like that. They're, they're, those numbers are so large, and those projects are so nebulous. Like we were just talking about before you got on. Like it's tough to say. Is like, is that a good value or not? It might be. Like depending on what comes in, but it might also be a total waste of time. I think that's not so much like the the. I think the delineation of those funds, but it's actually the how those funds get applied, right? Which is probably more. Yeah more important i guess I the mean, thing that i feel a bit weird like about this. and i felt a bit weird about this in prague is that juno is kind of a community chain we're not really like we don't need to market in the same way as other chains yeah. like yeah. whether it's a good use of community full funds to spend on an event which is largely devs um because but it's sort of subsidizing developers do you know what i mean Cosmoverse seems like a junket for fucking devs to be honest like Looking so three hundred grand for a thousand um, attendees, like yeah, that, yeah. that's a lot. <laughs> and and do they sell tickets? So I would have liked to have seen a budget with the with the um, proposal. Yeah, to be honest, like if it's public funds, I would have liked to have seen a link to an IPFS with a budget um, to sort of you know, give some context about where the $300,000 goes. Um, and there probably is some more information out there about like, you know, s- tickets and stuff for the for the um, event. But um, like looking at the one last year, uh, you know, you went the fray, but I mean, like it was a nice location, right? And it was nice food and stuff all catered for your, what, $60 ticket or something. It was like cheap as, but... To me, that's like. Oh, there was no. There there was a weird thing where you could only get coffee like twice a day. Really? Okay. (laughs) Yeah, they like wheeled out this. They were like, "You can have coffee now for this ten-minute window," and then they fucking shut that shit away. And it's like, (laughs) if you want coffee now, you got to walk out of the venue, 
down the road, go to the train station, go to the, the stall outside the train station. You just need to bring your own insulated fanny pack. Like just fucking load up, just pour that thing in there and drink out of it all day. I should have got like um, needle cast travel mugs and then just like got a whole right. thermos, got a whole thermos full. That's the plan. Yeah. So well, I guess what I'm saying is that it seems to me like, you know, they're asking all these chains to pay for a bit of a junket for devs. Yeah. Which, which maybe makes sense if you're like a foundation running a, you know, a project of your own. But like, I, I feel a bit weird about Juno paying for, for something like that, given that who, who benefits? Mainly other ecosystem Cosmos people and a few Juno devs. And it felt a bit weird in Prague as well, if I'm honest. Like, um, Yeah. I, I, Calum just pointed something out in, in chat here about, about better spent on non-Cosmos conferences. I totally agree with that. Like, Even what's going on, on uh, like I'm, we're headed to consensus here tomorrow for this conference in, in Austin. And there's like obviously a Cosmos track and those types of things. But in the grand scheme of, of what's going on in those talks, it would be great to have maybe not just Juno specific, but more non-Cosmos specific type of marketing out there. Because I think there's so many benefits to this ecosystem that I think it overlooked and people get so kind of maybe single tracked on, you know, things that they understand. Um, there's a lot of value in trying to open up the ecosystem, right? Um, and I think I, I totally agree that that, I think acquisition is a much more valuable dollar per ROI return than say just funding devs to go to Medellin, which I think you might even get a thousand down there with this show. I don't know. Absolutely. So like you look at consensus, right? Consensus is a massive event and 40 grand or 50 grand or whatever it is when it comes out would get you like a lot You'd of be up there. At, a, at an event like that. And then people yeah. would be, and it's people who don't know what it is. They can come up and say, well, what yes. the fuck is this, you know? And you go, well, it's the greatest thing ever, man. And <laughs> where the fuck have you been? Yeah, it's it's terror, but better. <laughs> Maybe not the better. We got to work on that tagline. Yeah, terror, but better. <laughs> yeah, actually, let me look at the sponsors real quick. I think you're totally right because, like, the corporate sponsors uh, near, near, Filecoin, Galaxy Digital, like, and even like the next level, look, Stakefish, Stakefish is actually sponsoring a big, big structure, crypto.com, Binance US is. Um, I'm guessing these lists are probably under 100,000 easily. So I, I think I agree. Like, this would be a things like this, maybe not just this. Show. I mean, obviously, there's better shows, but I think that's a, a nice use for funds. Uh, in the comments, Juno.love said, uh, Maybe fly a plane with a banner past a, a lunar conference, which reminded <laughs> me of a joke that Usurper made earlier about the about the osmosis security disclosure. We'll we'll, we'll talk about osmosis in a, in a minute, but the the way the disclosure was handled, uh, you it's know, maybe post, posting it straight to Reddit. I think it's probably not far off flying a plane past a conference say, saying, you know, Osmosis has a vulnerability, off you go, lads. <laughs> Free Osmo. <laughs> click this. Free Osmo. Click this vulnerability. <laughs> right, exactly. So are you talking about that massive disclaimer that comes up on the screen when you visit for the first time that you quickly scroll past and click OK? No. Oh, okay. There's a, where's the security disclosure? What What is in that? Oh, um, disclosure. The security vulnerability was first announced on Reddit. Is yeah. what we're talking about. 
yeah, somebody mm. just posted on Reddit basically and was like, I think I found a bug. It's like, how about it? <laughs> yeah, like, how about it? Like, here you go. See if yeah. you can also pull millions out of this. <laughs> See if you can also figure out how to make $2 million <laughs> from, out, from 68 cents. Yeah. So, we're, we're sliding into our main topic here. What, what else were we, we got off track? We were talking about um, the free. The, yeah. So, um, so yeah. In conclusion, I think probably, I don't know. Maybe maybe this is again something we can get tighter on as marketing down and these things come along. But it kind of seems like we've got quite a big budget, and we don't need to. We shouldn't be doing the same thing that every other Cosmos's chain is doing for attention because we don't really need to. And those chains will fund these events, and these events will continue to happen because a lot of them are foundations that want to send their devs on a nice holiday. Yeah. And Juno doesn't need to do that. Yeah. I I think like areas like this, it's so easy to have something come up and just blow money at it without like thinking downstream. But I mean, we're, we're talking about Juno for 10, 20 years. Right. And so these, these things are important, right. And where we spend it. So having a, having some sort of control over this, not just as a single vote, because honestly votes like this, this is goes, this goes back. We've talked about this before, but when you have so few proposals, something like this, some people just click yes. Oh yeah, I want this to grow. I want the value to grow. So of course, yeah, a little bit of money to go outside and build, yeah, sure. But we're not being strategic around that, right? You're just being reactive. So when something complex exists, like if you had a vote of this versus, hey, we want to build a marketing DAO and we want to build a budget for 2022 and we're going to pick strategically what shows we think we're going to add the most value to the ROI and blah, 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 and have like a real strategy around it, I think people would choose that over just randomly throwing $15,000 or I'm sorry, 15,000 Juno at something because I mean, is it 15? Is it 14? Is it 30,000 Juno? Like what are we getting out of that? Like there's not much in there. So I think this point and shoot type of point and shoot governance is a, is a real problem. And so I'm, I'm hoping with the Dow and those types of things, you start building a little bit more, a little bit more planful around what the hell we're doing here. Right. Um, I mean, it would be really cool, I think, if for the budgeting thing, we had um, the option of things like knapsack voting, um, which I, I, we've been talking about in the context of um, in the context of the Terra Developer Fund. And I imagine, I think Schultz has also watched recently, uh, re-watched the, um, the Tim Roughgarden lecture. So if you're interested in what knapsack voting is, it's covered in the Economic Incentives for Computer Scientists course by Tim Roughgarden. Um, but it's a, I think we've recommended that course on this show before several times. Um, but it's a, a participatory budgeting voting mechanism where you, let's say you have eight things that you could fund but you only have like a hundred dollars and each one of them costs something between like you know five dollars and five hundred let's say or five dollars and one hundred because otherwise you wouldn't be able to fund it um that's maths children um <laughs> so you don't get to vote on what things you want you only get to vote on a combined basket of projects um so it means that you have to as a voter essentially do all of your trade-offs ahead of time it's like ranked choice voting but in a situation where not all of the choices are equal in proportion like they have their own weightings whereas if you're voting for like political candidates or choices in just a set of votes um, you can obviously <laughs> rank them in a particular way so knapsack's really interesting for that and and it's something we've been talking about a little bit like oh wouldn't it be great if we had knapsack which we don't sadly and maybe it will come to doubt at some point um there are doubt people in the chat 
although they're very busy. Like, so, isn't a sub DAO like essentially nap like sack knapsack voting? Well, no, because you you need to specify the total amount and then specify essentially a vector of all of the things th that you want that would come in below that value, and it's it's checked before you can even submit that as yeah. your vote. So then you just get all of those, and you basically you go for the combined set that has the most votes. It's, it's obviously there's ways you have to do it. If you had like a three or five multi-sig, everybody could vote differently, and then then you'd have a problem. Um, hey, but it quick. does. Sorry, you had a good point there. Sorry, you said, but no, I was, it was literally going to derail it into a bunch of stupid shit. Go ahead, please. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say it, it usually relies on a slightly bigger voting set than, let's say, a three or five multi-sig because you're relying on at least, let's say, two people landing on exactly the same set of things. Obviously, it's unordered. It's just a basket, so um, it is a mathematical set. So they'll be equal even if they're in different orders. Um, but you need two people, I guess, at a minimum to land on the same basket in order for that vote to pass if you see what i mean so the the threshold is slightly weird if you have very very small numbers of voters i think that's the my would be my only i'm not 100 percent sure how you resolve that uh with the model i have to go do some reading so basically it's like betting on fantasy sports but not or instead of choosing a player right yeah it's like assembling a fantasy football team or whatever right or what, whatever your, your 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 sport of choice is, it's exactly like that where you have a, a set number and you can only assemble one group and everybody comes up with a slightly different group, that which is the problem in this situation, right? Um, so that's why you have to like, uh, it works obviously better when there's a certain number of things on the slate and they're kind of clearly marked and cost and benefits and stuff. But uh, it's, it's an interesting idea anyway, I think. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> very very good Noel finally worked out how to Wonderful. add stuff to the uh, to the overlay <laughs> I love it um, what I was going to stupidly interject with is I always love how I, if it's all the UK or maybe just in England the use of the word maths so in the US where we grew up with just math right and maths really got introduced to that with if anybody heard of the look around you Kind of like parody. You ever guys have seen this? Like the oh, look yeah, around you. Yeah, yeah. Out of the UK, you would, right? It's it's yeah, it's a it's parody of tomorrow's world. Is it? Okay. So it's Schultz is looking at it. We'll put a link in the show notes. Um, but look around you is hilarious. And there's a the maths episode that I always loved, which is like always my favorite. So anyway, we'll we'll talk about that look, later. Look around you is a very awesome. Yeah, you could put I, I think especially in programmer circles of a certain age, you could basically walk into a room and make a joke about synthesizer patel really? and every, every, everybody would go <laughs> all right i love that synthesizer patel and then you know <laughs> these bloody kids they come and they steal your synthesizer um i yeah. love it i can make that joke i'm of asian descent it's totally fine um okay, although Just i think it was richard ayoade that makes the joke on the show complicated i don't know i don't remember um anyway we're not canceling anybody it's a great show um it is a I All right, should we get to the topic of the day? Topic of the day. I mean, we've already been kind of circling the drain of the topic of the day already, but mm -hmm. it's the osmosis chain hold. Uh, so could somebody who's smarter than me explain what happened? I'm looking at Schultz. You, you There's only one, which is validator in this, in this chat, right? 
Schultz? Okay, here we go. Uh, so it's actually a pretty interesting exploit because, so kind of the root cause of this was there was a massive refactor of osmosis, like 150,000 lines have changed since the last version. Um, and somehow what ended up happening was if you, a bug got instituted where if you put in tokens into a pool and then you pulled tokens out of a pool, you get 50% more just for no reason. There's a 50% multiplier on it. And so if you put them in and then took them out, you suddenly had 150% of your tokens. And then you kept doing that again and again and again. Does that scale up? So any, any increase, decrease, like pull in, pull out, or I thought there was something related to like those balances not being equal or something. There was some special situation or literally just in the UI, if I unbought and pulled out, it worked. Just put it in, pull it out, 50% more. Without even bonding. Like you're just, you're just talking about just creating gams, just creating gams. So I just gam up, gam out. Yep. And so a lot of people, they just spent, you know, an hour doing that. So they would, there were a couple of instances where someone took like 60 cents and made it into like $80,000. Cause you know, you got 60 cents and then suddenly you've got 90 cents, then a dollar 35, now you've got $2, four fifty. <laughs> It just keeps going up and up and up. And that's every 12 seconds it doubles, right? So I guess people, I guess, I, so how did this miss testing, right? Because it's not a really common, I guess it would be common, right? To be able to pull in and pull up and, and be able to remove. Yeah. Did, did they test net this version of osmosis? They would have had to, right? They did, yeah. So the problem is... Um, so osmosis, you can put tokens into pools in two ways, right? You can do it like where you do like 50% to 50-50 uh, equality and put them into a pool. So like you do the full exchange or you can do one-sided pooling, right? If you did one-sided pooling, it worked fine. And that's the way a lot of people do it now. They just put do one-sided. It's for whenever you do a joint pooling that the bug happens. And so there was a ton of unit tests and test, regression testing around like single joints because that was a more recent feature. But around the like the full deposit, that's where it wasn't at. Uh, uh, I saw. So, uh, I like math. What can I say? <laughs> so basically, they were only testing new functionality, not existing functionality. Like that's yeah. um, with a refactor. That, that, seems pretty, that seems pretty challenging when you have that much of a refactor, right? Yeah. So I. I would say that was a that was a, a pretty big mistake on their part. I mean, the amount of lines of code of change, there's no way that could have been reviewed in the last like two months of um, of code changes that happened. I, I would I'm not going to say anything bad about the developers because the developers of Office are absolutely outstanding, yeah. but I would say that was a poor decision. Well, development and testing usually are kind of two separate worlds. There, where there are testing strategy and development strategy might not necessarily be the same exact thing, right? So. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so we can definitely verify that two accounts of the four um, are willing to re give the funds back because it's actually a validator that two pe team two people on a validator that are returning the funds. So the two the other two individuals we don't know about, um, but we do know two are certainly going to return their funds, or at least have publicly stated they will. Yeah. So do you think that? because they got caught? I don't know. Um, 
I think that it certainly would have been scary. Like they would have needed to cash out through an exchange. So like yeah. one way or another, they probably would have been found. They probably could have, you know, like bought a KYC one off like the black market or something, who knows, but either way, odds are they would have been found out. Um, they didn't run a validator on osmosis. So it's not like it was their validator wallet that was doing that. Um, but, but in this case, in this case, they might've heard about it via Reddit, which we're going to talk about here in a second, right? So that how that was disclosed, but they heard about it. They tried it. It might've been just like, Hey, I got my personal wallet. I'm going to give it a shot. Oh shit. It works. Next thing you know, you're doing this over and over and you got $2 million and you're like, Oh shit, it works. Right. You're in that situation. And then you realize, Oh shit, I should have done this with a burner account. <laughs> like I didn't realize where, I where exactly we this. I should have thought ahead of this. Like, I, the, I just the, tried it with my personal wallet and Oh fuck my, my, you know, everything else associated with this. Now I can exactly sure now. Oh shit. I got to come clean on this. Right. And maybe, maybe the other two accounts are burner accounts for the same people. Because I go, oh shit, we have two million dollars, and now let's go. Hey, let's go create an account. Like, let's go build another mnemonic and like mnemonic, and let's get moving on it, right? Let's, let's so spend an hour watching some token through. And then, yeah, this is a good conspiracy. <laughs> then you come out and then you come out on Twitter and be like, hey, listen, no problem. And then there's four million dollars sitting in the other two accounts that I have the other mnemonics for. I mean, so here's like, here's what I would have done differently if I were one of exploiters. <laughs> here's what I would have done differently. I wouldn't have run it up to him $1 million before saying something. Well, I mean, so I guess, first of all, if I were trying to do this well, I don't know why they didn't just go through the secret network, right? Right. Get all the funds, exactly. go the secret, bridge over the secret, and then, poof, it's gone. And then at some point, send a different account, and then withdraw from there. Boom, done. Hashtag money laundering. Right, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they... Yeah. Yep. So if you had done that, uh, that's one way you could have gone away with it. That's how I would have gone away with it. <laughs> there's way. I mean, there's ways to. Yeah. So and so, how did they, who came out with this idea that it was only four accounts that that went through this process? Was that was that coming from Osmosis specifically? I heard that number, but I don't know where that number came from. Yeah. So, so I think Sunny was the original that did that, but I think that Joe Abbey has actually verified it. So he's actually gone through and the way they were doing it was they basically checked what kind of transactions they did. And yeah. if they're doing repeat, join and exit, that's really easy to track. Then you can track, you know, like obviously a ton of people in the hour or so that the Explorer was available would yeah. have exited the pool. If they only did it yeah. once, then that sucks. But that's, I wouldn't consider that exploiting that some, that they, it was, it was a bug and it happened. Sure. If yeah. they do it 17 times, then you can track that pretty easily. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. Well, if Joe don't know, if Joe doesn't know, then nobody knows, right? So that's that's good that he he tracked that. I'm guessing he's working on the other two as well. I would guess so. Yeah. Well, so we know that the other two are in centralized exchanges right now. Right. Um, the question is just who are they? Right. Yeah. And I saw. I saw. I think I saw a tweet from I feel Sunny or somebody else that said that they're talking to exchanges about what those accounts are and where those funds came from, etc. Okay. So this is where. Let, why the fuck not? Let's throw a spicy opinion and uh, a spicy question. Mm -hmm. Not an opinion, because I actually don't have an opinion on this, really. Given that code is law, apparently. Is it? Um, well, it's something that, that Sonny <laughs> did say very prominently about Prop 16 and all of the fallout. And the code was released and checked by the validator set for osmosis and ran in production 
did the users running up those sums and then walking off with the money, did they actually breach the terms of service of osmosis? Do you actually have a leg to stand on to go and chase a, a centralized exchange and say, whoa, 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 this money is whatever, you know? My opinion, well, is, I, my opinion, this is theft. So I, I, I don't agree with, I don't agree that there, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of structure here in the regular world around the protection of mistakes and those mistakes, whether that's pricing or, you know, Hey, this is on the website for $1, it's supposed to be ten hundred thousand dollars And so for a very good walk off for a dollar, because you had on the website, it doesn't really work in the real world. Right. I, I think that there is, I think that there is some protection here to say that, um, that this is an exploit and it's not, and it's a, it's a defect and it was exploited to be able to turn it into a, a, a large sum of dollars. And so I have really have no issue in a, somebody recognizing the fact that this is an exploit and it should not be what they're, what they're getting. Um, I don't necessarily think that depending on that, there's penalties associated to that, like meaning like you're going to go take back what beyond what that person stole within that. But I do think that this is theft. And so in my my opinion, at least, that this should be returned. Um, and it, and going back to the exchange and say, hey, this money is coming out. Of, I mean, it is it is coming out of people's pockets, right? This is not like just funds coming out of the air. Like this is coming out of LP pools that are staking everything else. I, I do think that that should be returned. So my opinion is that it, it is the code is law thing I, I get and I'm, I'm down like I, I'm I'm with you. But when when that is when that is exploited to say, hey, just because somebody figured some issue out and we had a problem with it and they're, they're therefore fuck it, we have no rules, I totally fucking go against that. I don't think that's the right right idea. But also, we're we're talking about end product users. We're not talking about you know the, the devs fucked up and it's a and it's an end product user that gets fucked by it. So. Me- meaning the end product user in the LPs that are paying for this exploit. Is that what you mean? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like the extra, you know, 0.5 doesn't appear out of fucking thin air. It's someone else's money. You're, but even you're, would, you feel, I, well, would we feel differently if it was the community pool? No, I would not. not. I would not no? feel different. I, I, doesn't matter, honestly, it doesn't matter where it comes from. Everybody's money, right? So, would we feel differently if it was only a multi-sig of the founder's money? No, I wouldn't feel differently under any circumstances, yeah. even if it was CCN's money. <laughs> why you got, right. Why you got to bring sixteen into this? <laughs> Everything it. comes back to sixteen. Uh, no, no, for for what it's worth, I'm playing devil's advocate. I mean, I I, I think the money should be returned. I, I, yeah. I, it sounds I, like you're trying to it's say good, it's an unadvertised feature. Well, I'm, you know, I know I, I, I kind of do think that in terms of liability, actually, the liability does re- rest with the devs. Like, I think that's pretty cut and dry. Um, and well, I think- on, let's let's back up for a second there. Liability basically never is with the devs ever. In, in well, it's with it. Well, it's not with the devs who wrote the code technically because it's open. It's open source and it's just being run. Excuse me, but as in the if if I as a user do a thing right and it's not breaking the terms of service and it's not nece- it's not breaking any law and it's not uh like it, it it's 
Now, here's the bit where I think, you know, this makes it a bit more cut and dry in this case is that it's not necessarily malicious, right? In this case, I think it's quite obvious that somebody's going to get hurt by it ultimately. And that's where I think it becomes more cut and dry, right? But were that not the case, which is why I use the example of like, let's say it's the foundation's money. No real individual gets hurt, but you as a user find a thing. You keep clicking the button and you keep getting money and you're like, right, you walk off into the sunset. To me, that is that is a very different case. That is a foundation release code had a bug in it. Unfortunate. If you walk away and you never even knew about it, like that would be, you know, no. If nobody particularly has come to harm except for the foundation, that is a weirder case. That's why I'm kind of kind well, of interested in that case. But I still think I still think that you know the moral impetus is to return money if you've taken it by accident. I mean, I don't. But I, I just think that like the the blame here is interesting, yeah. For a user there, who finds something the system lets them do, but is the foundation not there to like serve the community anyway? Like it's effectively as good as community funds, the foundation because it's there not to change. No, well, the foundation is there to to better the the blockchain, right? To pay the people to to further the blockchain. I, I, I'm not going to get re, I'm not going to get redrawn. I'm not going to get redrawn into the all cosmos chains are just a decentralized system. Okay, uh, so so what about this? Like, um, would you be pissed if the foundation just pressed the wrong button one day and gave Tim two million dollars, and Tim's like, "Thanks, I'm going to the session." It's okay because <laughs> you just do prop twenty one. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I feel like we solved this problem. Hold on a second. That wasn't quite what we oh, meant. Let's, like, let's try that one more time. That was meant to go to Tom, not Tim. Look, it's only one character difference, Null. It's very difficult with human readable names, unlike those very readable Beck 32s to, to be certain you're sending it's the right person. Well, even more readable hex. How about this question from Soy? Soy asked, uh, going to the authorities is basically putting your hands up and saying we're centralized, isn't it? I don't think so. I think it's just a recognition that in our current state, we don't have all the tools we need to govern ourselves. That's as far as it goes for me. Um, maybe one day we'll be able to do things about it without bringing going to the authorities, but obviously mark that point yet. Maybe the soulbound NFTs will, will solve that. But but yeah. that, but you just you just hit it on the head there where you said like in our current state we can't govern ourselves, which proof of state chains <clears throat> essentially can right because you're either on the longest chain or you're not. There's a whole layer of social consensus around that, but they can govern themselves after a fashion. They they govern themselves with CCN. Well, yeah, we did actually. They did, know. right? So the only difference here is that that there was no timeout, and we they I would stuff across. So if there if there was jurisdiction, to use a police term, if there was jurisdiction to pull those funds out and make changes outside of after it's outside of the osmosis universe, I bet you they would cover themselves. But at some point, that jurisdiction ends, and so then then yeah, I think then then you're gonna end up going back to going back to other types of methods. So, I mean, I mean, is that not right? I mean, we, I mean, in the Juno world, that was like a self, that was a pretty much a self jurisdiction type structure and a a self uh, kind of police state type structure to be able to do that. There was a lot of talk about whether to involve law enforcement and those types of things. And there's a lot of concerns around that and those types of things, but 
in this situation, those funds are gone, right? They're IBC'd out. And so now they're an exchange and now it's outside of jurisdiction. But the same way, if, if that was still sitting, if that was sitting in an osmosis account and then the chain stopped, what, what conversation do you think that, that team would be having? Would they be having a, hey, maybe we could write a new genesis to be able to move these funds and blah, 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 and fix this problem and reverse like that. Maybe that conversation would be coming up. I don't know. So I, I think I don't, would. I don't think going to the, you. I don't think going to the authorities means that we're centralized. I think that means that it's now moved into a realm where it's in something that's regulated or can be regulated and can be something be done about the authorities. It's no longer like at the chain side where we can do self-governance. It's on the exit side. So, yeah. I mean, that's a, it's a bridge between this, this world and the real world type of idea. Right. And those bridges, which I think here in the U S that's, a, that's the points that they really want to be able to govern and build controls around. But that's also the point where you could then start involving some others that are, you know, police and this and that, that I think have a little bit more control over it. Like if somebody actually moves that to, to a sex and sell it to a CEX and sells off, you know, whatever it was, $2 million in, in Adam um, or whatever else and turns that into USD, then, then you could get into some federal, then you can get into some law enforcement type of thing to say, Hey, these funds are stolen. I, um, I think what would be very interesting is if the chain tried to do a rewrite and actually take, funds out of a sex wallet that would be unprecedented <laughs> awesomeness for some other chain to for osmosis to handle yeah that would that would be some shit that would like, be some shit right like then you start yeah, really yeah. like well this is yeah, where I the think, funds are we're taking it out of this wallet. Right. let's imagine let's, the fucking yeah. shit's let's, that it's done. let's push this as far as we can let's <laughs> start yeah <laughs> then, let's, then, let's, I th- then i think sam kessler could write an even better article <laughs> let's change the balance sheet of one of these CEXs by changing the structure. Yeah, that would be something, right? But it, I mean, it, is, all, it is all a really interesting you know, question, isn't it? Basically, like what 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 is a jurisdiction and what are its rights and responsibilities? Because I think yeah. what, we've, what, what Juno has stumbled into in proof of stake is that uh, chains and DAOs are their own jurisdiction that is kind of real. Um, and if it decides to do a thing, it will sort of bodge its way into making it real. Yeah. Um, and that is interesting because it implies yeah. that the jurisdiction around a DAO is it, for a limited subset of situations, just as real a jurisdiction as stuff in the real world, because if it can enforce its work and, and, and this is, so the fun thing about everything around prop 16 is obviously Everybody who got legal advice got legal advice at the time, and everybody's legal advice was some variant of "Holy shit!" Well, run mine, away from this. Mine was, <laughs> mine was, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> that was the uh, next level of it. I mean, I'm kind of happy. I'm kind of reasonably happy talking about it now because I think a lot of the Prop 16 major drama has sort of died down. Um, but yeah, it was essentially like this is completely unprecedented. There's no risk-free exit from this scenario. In fact, you're already in a situation where who fucking knows? Yeah, it's find a way out. Basically, <laughs> that was that was the. I, but what's really interesting is obviously like you know uh, we're working on a social protocol at the moment, and we are still you know the code's pretty much done, and we're doing the legal 
uh, dance at the moment mm-hmm. uh, with how we launch and how that works. And it's the same team, right? And they kept up to date with sure. all the stuff that happened in Juno and everything. Um, and there, uh, so some of the sub DAO stuff we ran past um, our lawyers because we wanted to be like, look, it doesn't really matter what what Juno thinks it's doing with this idea of DAOs if we're all individually on the hook anyway. That doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. And within the context of nothing's guaranteed and it's only for our jurisdiction and none of it's been tested yet and you might still get completely fucked by this. They were like, actually, you can make a reasonable argument that DAO is an entity like an org- like a corporation. If you're engaging with them like a business, then they can delegate authority to you, but psh, it's not really your... You just work here. You know, you just sweep... In in my case, I just, I, I just sweep the floors here, man. Like, yeah. I, I don't actually... Gardener. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, and that that might apply for anything like for a multi-sig on up, which, sure. we, right. And that is fascinating. Like the idea that you genuinely can say, oh, we, we can probably make a reasonable guess that if a multi-sig is like a partnership or a small cooperative or something, and then it goes all the way up to a DAO, it's like a much bigger thing. That to be able to say, I am just acting as the responsible agent of this abstract digital entity, that's kind of fascinating. And it's kind of brought us full circle the way back to the prop 25, I guess. But um, yeah, wouldn't it be cool if osmosis changed that balance? And that then everybody amazing. went, well, the Dow said, the Dow voted. Hey, right. I saw that um, uh, Juno.love, let me actually, if I can maybe bring this up on the show. Will moved his reward Juno to osmosis. It's like crossing the county line in the Dukes of Hazards episode. This is such an American, beautiful reference. I appreciate that. Just so I can put a link to, Ju- to Dukes of Hazard in the show notes. I appreciate it. Okay. Asaf, welcome. Uh, Asaf said, CEXs will just hold Adam hostage until they would be made whole again, which is until probably the case, but, you know, yeah. So yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, what you were saying, uh, the fray on um, on the sub DAOs, and, and so you, you were saying that you know they they could be interpreted uh, to be like operating a business, right? And you're saying that you know um, in you may you may be put in a position where you you may need to pay tax on on what's come into that business as an income as a as a multi stakeholder is, is that what I was hearing? Or? No. So kind of the opposite, like, so a big concern, a big concern as an agent of like a dev working on any of these projects, you have to be involved in any number of different things on behalf of the DAO. And I think like, um, one of the more interesting things, and you'll know this as well, now working on Juno is that especially in the kind of pre-genesis set of people that are involved, it was a relatively small number of people. There's quite a lot of anons and uh, the number of people who were very explicitly trusted out of the outside of maybe the founding multi-sig was relatively small. And actually one of the biggest thing that ha- things that happened behind the scenes for the first few months of Juno uh, being a part of the core team was simply just actually 
not being somebody that would rug the project. That was the valuable reason for being in the room. Yeah. Uh, over and above dev contributions, any other thing, whatever. There are lots of things that needed those contributions, but actually, like it's the trustworthiness bit. Yeah, um, so it's really hard to establish that. Almost um, all of Core 2 is like uh, docs, right? I don't think. Yeah, exactly. None of us are, are um, like a, uh, a non, I don't think. Yeah, we're all, we're all A, relatively docs, and B, we've all mostly met each other face-to-face, -face, like literally days after the chain launched. Um, so that so bringing that back to the, the point of this, which is that actually in that context, again, you can pretty reasonably make the argument that you know, as an agent working on behalf of this chain, you really are essentially like a night watchman with a set of keys. You know, that's your that's your job around here. Uh, mm. You have to lock up the safe at the end of the day and then go home for the night or whatever. But you know, it's not your money in the safe; it's somebody else's money. Yeah, um, exactly. Like, uh, it's yeah. I I don't have that. Um, so I guess that was the concern, though, is that you know it, it might be. Um, able to be construed as like you know you're getting the money and now it's yours and you're divvying it out whereas that's not really the case you're you're acting yeah. on behalf of the community as a delegate yeah. not it's, not a, it's a big yeah it's a big concern with sub DAOs, right because what's the point in delegating uh funds to sub DAOs to like hire devs to expand the dev team do blah 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 blah, blah whatever if every individual person on the dev team or every individual company that's represented in the case of us needlecast and envoys is suddenly responsible for just like divvying up that that pool of money and paying tax on it that would be insane it would be it would completely right. destroy the point of the entire exercise uh and you know it, it is a concern so but um but yeah i don't know it's all it's all very interesting and i guess we're gonna have to come up with a solution to this uh, like every jurisdiction will um but I kind of I I you know self self plug wrote a blog post on this called Jurisdiction Zero, um, about the rights and responsibilities of the DAO jurisdiction, um, which is based on our our thinking around the sub DAOs and also some of the stuff we've been doing on how social, um, around how do you encourage a community to moderate itself? Um, short answer: If you've worked it out, please get in touch. At Frey Needlecast on Twitter, please I'm tell me. I'm currently several. I'm currently seven days into going totally insane rewriting the moderation handlers. Um, please tell me. Uh, yeah, if you could, if if anybody's got any great ideas, then I'm 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 all ears. I'm Andrew. I'm Andrew Marr at this point. So we could, can we talk about Firestick? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, well, actually, I think well, like. Uh, in the context of uh, Firestake, I think set, set the context uh, of what happened with Firestake. Well, well, what I was going to say was, I think a a better conversation to be had is um, a, around the integrity of validators. I guess. Uh, don't blow it. Up. <laughs> I didn't do that, but that was perfect. Don't so, blow it. Into, don't blow them into a big thing. Like, let's talk about Firestake first. Like, what, okay. what what was the background of why we're bringing them up? Well, okay, so Firestake have, uh, I'm not sure if they just owned up to it on Twitter or if they were found out beforehand, but Firestake are involved as a participant in exploiting the bug, I guess, on mm -hmm. the uh, Osmosis 
within that hour that it was available. So I think they've turned a relatively small amount of Osmo into a relatively large amount of Osmo somewhere. I think they stated $1.6 million worth on um, they, on they Twitter. said $226, $226 turned into $2 million. Okay, $2 million. So, mm-hmm. But they have said that they will return it, um, whether yes. or not that's because they were reasonably certain that they would be found out or not is an, uh, another question. Yep. Um, so that's the context of the conversation, I guess. Um, so, you know, it's it comes down to, well, I mean, it, it could be said that, you know, they were caught up in the moment p- potentially, Um and weren't really thinking about uh, where the money was coming from, just that they were getting the money. Uh, And, you know, if you, so as a validator, um, Mm -hmm. having, having integrity as a validator and having the the chain as your first priority as a validator and the integrity of the chain and making sure that everybody who providing security to the users of the chain, right? So the right move, would have been to once noticed that it the vulnerability is real, the right move would have been to not click the thing again and go <laughs> to Discord and the devs and immediately tell everybody loudly and get the chain shut down immediately, not keep clicking the button for an hour. I mean, while I agree in theory, does it change? that they don't actually validate for osmosis, right? Sure, they're validators in general. They, they are a validator and they should know better than to do that. Schultz, they're, they're a validator for 14 Cosmos chains. 14. Well, I, I agree. I'm just saying that like the conversation changes a little bit whenever and it's a completely different chain, right? Like, yeah, it's still the ecosystem. I, In my opinion, they very well like it's completely unethical what they did, obviously. Well, but I'm put curious. Put it this way, Schultze, right? So, say if you live in Switzerland where they are very environmentally conscious, right? And you want to um, rape and pillage the the countryside for coal, right? Can we leave, can we leave the raping and out ne- of it, please? And, and next door, focus on the pillaging. Next door is like. I don't know, another country that's run by a dictator or something and doesn't have environmental laws. Italy? Where you Italy, can go and rape and pillage the countryside for your coal. Does it make it right to do so? Should you go and do it? I guess I see what you're saying. I guess my, my point is more like it depends on how you take your responsibility as a validator. Right. If if it's just a job, then my job ends at this new chain. Right. And this new chain, I'm just a user. And so I'm going to act like a user and do things that I can do as a user. I'm no longer within the jurisdiction of me doing my job of securing the chain. Now it's out of my responsibility. If you're a cop in Australia and then you go to the U.S., you don't suddenly have the responsibility in the U.S. to uphold the law. Right. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure I've seen that film. I'm pretty sure I've seen that film. I, I take your point, but it also comes down to who do you want as a validator and the integrity as as a validator. So, you know, um, as a validator, validating other chains, 
you should not have it in you to exploit a vulnerability on another chain. And yeah. if you do, should you be trusted on the other chains? So yeah. I think it it is a detriment to your, um, uh, you know, public uh, image in doing so. And yeah, I so so let's, let's 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 just say that you know if some if this were Juno, and somebody didn't responsibly disclose it in that situation, uh, I as one of the devs would find out where they lived. And I would get on the train and I would go to where they live and I would knock on their front door and then politely talk to the headman. What if, what if, (laughs) Frey, what if they lived in Medellin? You know, boys would be boys. Boys would be boys. Uh, (laughs) I would call them nicely and say, please pick up the phone. I'm not coming to see you. I'm not coming to see you, but I'm really. Dis- I'm not. I'm not angry. I'm, I'm just very... disappointed. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> you know? Sending you a disappointment. You're in the disappointed dad look on the internet. <laughs> uh, to be clear, I, I absolutely agree. No, I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate there. No, I agree. From, from my perspective, um, I see my role as a validator as, even though I'm only on you know, half the chains or whatever, I see it as like my responsibility to protect all of them. If I see an exploit, the first thing, like whether I'm on the chain or not, the first thing I'm going to do is Tweet try and help that your result. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately God read it. Yeah. Immediately sky write it. It's I mean, maybe it's a different story if it's a... Yeah, yeah, there's a hospital act. Yeah, exactly. A different story if it's on like, you know, Solana, but... Well, I, and also, I, I do agree <laughs> that Osmosis... That's completely different. You, you, it's not comparing like and like, is it? It's That's apples and oranges. No, you can't do that. Obviously, I, Solana, you immediately post it to Reddit. <laughs> yeah. And you encourage other users. To, hey, guys, I don't think this is quite working, but, you know, because somebody else... I'm supposed to get 3x back every time I press the button. Let's all <laughs> press it together. <laughs> Live stream. Um I misspoke earlier. I said 14 chains are on 11 chains. So that was my bad. Uh, I just missed out on the rules. I, I do think that osmosis is also slightly different. So if, if there was a Desmos or meme chain exploit and those types of things, like, like those are kind of smaller dollars and those types of things. And like, there's a little bit different there in osmosis pool one, when you're talking about Osmo Adam, there's a significant amount of cosmos, ecosystem consumer value in that right and consider and 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 also the way that they phrased it i thought in the tweet they said if you guys remember it said something along the lines of uh, two members of the fire stake team started the testing to see if the bug existed and testing grew into a temporary lapse of good judgment and blah 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 right so they're, they're kind of pushing to say, hey, this wasn't this wasn't Firestake as an organization. This is Firestake team. I don't know how big that team is. I'm looking at their website. I don't know how big that team is. And I, I don't really know too much about that group, which is whatever. Um, <laughs> it might it probably is too. But but that idea, like to say, hey, we're pushing it down. It's two members had bad adjustment. And I think somebody had a great tweet around the find that to say, like, you never know if you if you find an exploit until you get to the first million dollars worth of exploit, right? You never know. Not sure if this really works. Like, let me double click this until I get to at least 1 million to see if this is a problem and then blah, blah, blah. Well, so I do think... You can't be sure that the exploit works until you exit it <laughs> and you're in a Lambo. It's a beautiful tweet. That's a beautiful tweet. I love it. So I, I, think, that, I think that as a validator, and, and validators, regardless of chain, 
I think we all want the Cosmos ecosystem to be successful, right? Like, I don't want to, like, we only validate for a few chains. Like, we're not in Osmosis anymore. I clearly don't want that chain to fail. Like, we want that to be successful. We're not in, we're not in Desmos. We're not in Bitcana. We're not in Keychain. We're not in, you know, in Gravity Bridge. But boy, do I want those chains to be successful, right? So the idea that you have a validator that, that, that those, that income is based on, I think rising tide raises all boats type of thing that you want this ecosystem to be successful to have team members that, that say, Hey, I'm going to go pull $2 million out of this because of this stupid bug and fuck them. Um, that, that is, that's a serious loss in judgment. And, and I, I give them props for coming back and saying whether, whether or not they got caught or not, I, who knows, right. We're not, maybe that'll come out in the book when somebody writes it from the osmosis team, right. About uh, what the hell happened in here. Sonny did tweet out that they came forward without being caught first. Sure. I mean, honestly, if, if I was caught in doing this, I would say, Hey, Sonny, tell them that we came forward, right? Like that would be something you would want to be able to do or some situation like that. Also, right? Jabby was probably literally minutes away. From <laughs> He's probably outside their house. I got a medium, Winston. I got a medium post full of, of references yeah. and that's probably and why he's not on tonight because yeah, he's, exactly. he's he's outside their house wherever the hell they live with there's, winston straining on the leash 75 75 of those like uh bottom of the page references of like details of excel spreadsheets showing exactly how you fucked this over um fans yeah maybe it's yeah. just so compelled to get into daughter as soon as anything happens you're just like it's i a, must he's really good at it it's amazing and He's a detail guy. So, I mean, I'm glad that they came forward. I'm glad that, that whether that was, whether that was, you know, by they had to, or whether, you know, that was guilt coming forward. I'm glad. And those types of things. Yeah. Yeah. Probably they kind of push it down and say, it's say some team members and those types of things. But I, I would hope that, that, you know, I don't know if every validator would approach this the same way. I don't know if you guys agree with that or not. Um, I want to ch- chime in just a little bit here um, to what Soy said. Um, he said that uh, this is a Sipchain DAO multi-sig frauding osmosis. And I think that's a little more inflammatory than it needs to be. Um, yeah, he might be on the multi-sig, but from what I've heard, it doesn't like it doesn't take much to be on the Sipchain multi-sig. So Shots it's not fired. Like... Wow. Jeez. That's like, <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Days, a, heart, a heartbeat in eight bucks and you're on the SIF multi-chain <laughs> yeah. according to Schultz at Lavender 5. <laughs> uh, my point stands though that <laughs> I don't think that like they thought, oh, this is our opportunity to like make SIF chain shine, right? I think it was just, I think it probably was just a lapse in judgment, not a way to like bring down a competitor. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think th- this whole situation... I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's part of growing up and those types of things. I'm, I'm hoping that the osmosis team with this, like this seems to be kind of the way you described it, at least Chelsea, it seems to be a pretty basic bug. This does not seem to be like some massive type of, uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like a smart contract exploit. Like when, when it was found, they had like the code that had the issue found like, isolated off almost immediately because it is just kind of like a, a simple, simple problem. Yeah. So I'd like to throw a question at work again. We're sort of past the hour mark. So I think it's time to kind of ask, ask game of notes. Let's, go late. Let's go late. We're so, all here. 
we got we got a question we got a question which was uh related to the cosmos hole um the ketza on twitter said mm -hmm. uh, do validators on cosmos have too much power um what does that I, mean well i think they're saying like as in the fact that they can halt the chain so i mean I, I guess they're not just saying cosmos they're really saying proof of stake more generally that a hundred teams can decide to, to hold a chain. I think in this case, it's kind of back to the checks and balances thing that we were talking about previously with Prop 16, isn't it? I mean, in this case, holding the chain was um, was the right course of action. Well, I thought it was funny in that Osmosis Discord where, or I think Valar Dragon was the one who said, hey, halt everything. It was a really short message like, hey, fucking halt now right that, that was it everybody started halting and then somebody finally went did, did he get hacked like are we sure that we should halt like is this we just got this little piece of information there's nothing else in there and i thought that was pretty interesting around everybody just halting and saying oh we'll figure it out later so was it well i mean it's i guess it's a better safe than sorry situation right you'd right. rather there's, rather there's halt no hurt for half and, and then everyone get into discord and say wait why the fuck did we halt was that was that a yeah. joke okay let's start it back up again right Rather than like, you know, let an exploit go for another six hours while everyone goes, well, should we, shouldn't we? Better off just to Well, I, 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 was it Vela Dragon? I thought it was actually just one of the one of the regular validators who just said, no, we're, sh we're, we're turning off our node now. That was Valero Dragon, 10, 10.39 p.m. Eastern yesterday. So 1 a.m. UTC. It just said, validators, please halt your nodes. There's a serious chain bug in the V9 upgrade. That was it. And then there was a bunch of eyeball emojis because like, what the fuck, <laughs> which is a pretty, and then, then there's obviously in the, in the validator channel, like just a lot of conversation, like what's going on. And then there's a lot of questioning of what's go, what's happening and those types of things. So okay, that is quite a strong argument for centralization, isn't it? And I know obviously we, we again, we, this is a subject we covered a lot on this and Juno security upgrades. There's been a lot of discussion around how centralized those are with relation to the team. So but I'm but not Noel's, throwing stones by throwing that out there. Noel's but, right. Is that is that really centralization? Is that is that really what it is? It's it's a request to halt. It's not it's not changing state or anything, right? Like it's just let's pause. The the only thing centralized about it is that there's a location where everybody looks. Right. Yeah. So well, I mean, a similar thing happened on Secret back in September. Um, and what's interesting there is, so there was there, there was a smart contract exploit there, and Secret Swap was drained, and we actually halted the chain before Secret Labs was aware that there was an exploit, I believe, and so they woke up to us to the chain halted effectively um, because we all just got on Telegram and we saw that something was going wrong and the chain was halted, and so I don't think that would be considered centralization because that decision can be made regardless of whether there's a singular entity calling for it or not. As to whether um, validators have too much power, I think that on some chains, some do have too much power. So take, for example, Carver. If this was a, you know, the same platform type as Osmosis, but with a power distribution like Carver, if the top two validators are sleeping, right, and there's that exploit and you need to emergency shut down the chain. It doesn't matter how many other eyeballs you get on the situation. You're not going to be able to shut the fucking thing down. Yeah. That's a real problem. Yeah. So, you know, distribution of power is important and like T 
take for example Evmos, it's getting pushed right up the top now. Um, so there's a bunch of chains in, in a similar situation, and the more top heavy it gets, the harder it is to well, the more vulnerable it is to various things for various reasons. So. Um, do some do validators have much, too much power in general? No, but do some validators have too much power, as in vote and control on the chain? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting point. Just because somebody mentioned Telegram, just that something that got raised, not as a direct question to the Game of Notes, uh, the weekly question thread or whatever, but was. Um, whether or not uh, this was more of a kind of general discussion I saw on Discord, whether we think the Telegram hack thing is real. What do we reckon? Place bets. What's the Telegram? What? Telegram hack? What? Yeah. What um, somebody paste binned the thing basically saying, yeah, Telegram, because you know, it's like a home rolled encryption thing. Um, not home rolled, but it's not like, it's, everybody knows it's not as secure as Signal or whatever. Um, somebody said, yeah, basically there's, there's been an exploit like there's been zero day in telegram for years. I've collected loads and loads of, of private, <coughs> private chats using this, uh, zero day within crypto. And uh, I'm going to, going to fucking paste bin them in, in June and July. Um, who gives a fuck? Don't talk about important <laughs> shit on <fucking> telegram. Fuck. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's exactly what I get for all my <laughs> personal freaking conversations. Back and again. I I think it's real. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if they have, there's any authority behind that guy, but I think I'm engaged enough, and I think it's interesting enough that I want it to be real. Um, also, in the chat, it's more than sixty-seven percent to stop producing blocks for us to have a chain hall, not thirty-seven percent. No, it's thirty-seven percent, right? Thirty percent. If thirty percent. If thirty percent. Thirty-seven percent do not participate. You can't get to a consensus. If you can't get to sixty-seven percent, then you're stuck. So then it'd be thirty-three percent. Sorry, you need. Sorry, you need sixty-seven percent. So that's thirty. Sorry, thirty-three percent. Yeah. Yeah. Need more than thirty-three percent off. That was my fuck up. Sorry. How yeah, many dollars have to stop to producing blocks to chain halt? And this is like one of those really annoyingly worded maths questions. No, it's right though. Don't say maths. Math question. The the math question math, is how many validators have to stop producing blocks the word to is chain mathematics. to halt? That's correct. How many validators have to stop producing blocks to produce to, for the chain to halt? That answer is more than thirty seven percent. That's correct. I thought it was thirty three percent. No. Well, it's more than 33%. 33 and 33.3%, 33 right? Sure, but it, so yeah. technically, 37% would halt it, yes. Yeah. It's, it's more than... Fail the exam question. It's more than 100 minus 67%. <laughs> Maths. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny. 34%, sure. Let's do, a, let's do a couple more Ask Game of Nodes. We should do Ask Game of Nodes uh, maths questions when maths. we have a really tough time. <laughs> Not a good idea. I'm trying to find. I, I remember the the definition of maths from the uh, around maths? you, maths? Yeah, the world around world around you. Right, that's what we're talking about. Look around you. Look around you. Thank you. Well, so I mean, much. this is just how. No, maths is just how we speak. No, but but they had a definition in that video, which I remember. 
but not well enough to actually. Are you thinking of the day to day? Because in the day to day, they have they say that there's an algorithm for news, and it's facts times importance equals news. <laughs> no, I'll find it, and then uh, which and is then... another great. If you've never seen the war episode of the day, I've seen them all, like all thirteen or whatever it is. I love it. It's a British TV show, so I think there's three episodes. Um, it's all. Uh, it's all you need, honestly. <laughs> That's um, all you need. So uh, one of the other questions we've had on the Ask Him and Notes was from Don on Twitter. Um, will the Juno token get a utility? Well, yes. Other than securing smart contracts? Yeah, maybe. Uh... What other, what other utility? What, what do you think that utility could be? I agree. It's it's a utility token. <laughs> okay, we're, we're, I think we're on the same page. Right, it's a utility token, right? Like it. I don't know what else it is. It it has a tremendous amount of utility today. I think. Well, you can buy with it. You can pay fees with it. You can secure the chain with it. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the same for you know. Yeah. Little blockchain Convert to other other. I I guess maybe they're thinking in terms of like something like Osmosis, where it's very definitely. Um, it's absolutely core and integral to the main thing the chain is designed to do on an app chain. Whereas I think obviously Juno is Juno is the reserve currency for other projects to use by building, hey, by building um, projects on top of it. Um, yeah, but also like it is a, you know, you can use it for LP as well and Juno swap. So you can pay suppliers in it. Yeah. Yeah. And get paid. You can more buy easily, more easily than USDC as well. So there's yeah, there's, there's going to be lots of emerging uses for it. It's just you know time and devs. So a more a more interesting corollary of this one, and I'll, I'll throw this one in there, is that something I've noticed very very heavily from projects coming over from Terra is how aggressively they depended on UST. And obviously, we now got USDC getting bridged in, and that's now available in JunoSwap. Um, but my question is like is is relying on the presence of a stable in a smart contract context a weakness or a strength? Depends on the stable. The situation. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, but I mean, uh, you know, conceptually, like, is it better to work in to be able to like build projects that can work in a fundamentally volatile token, or? Or is it different use cases? Like for some use cases, you just have to use a stable. And for some use cases, I don't know. It's something I've been wondering kind of myself. I don't really have a good answer, but I was kind of curious what you guys thought. I don't think you need necessarily a stable coin as in a coin pegged to the US dollars. But I think um, it is for confidence, you need something that um, is highly distributed and enough uh, depth in liquidity to be able to be more have more confidence in its in its value. Like um, Adam, for example, is part of its use at the moment is as a coin that can be more relied upon than the Cosmos altcoins. And that's that's a utility in itself. I think I. I think I think I agree. I, I I would think that I do believe that a stable or some sort of structure that 
there's a lot of volatility in the in the in the chains that we get involved with in the cosmos, right? So uh Juno at three dollars and sixty three cents versus say forty four or Stargaze at three point one four cents versus forty six cents. There's a lot of volatility right, that's happening within there. And I think having a stable or some sort of way to be able to bring things back to a and it doesn't have to be US dollars like I don't know, fuck the US, but I mean it doesn't have to be necessarily US dollars it could be anything, but some sort of some sort of structure where I have a safe harbor to be able to move things to that are, that avoid that volatility at least at some point i think is an important point so well, one, one of the problems lower moving volatility be acceptable say that because again the us the us dollar is not unvolatile the euro is not unvolatile the pounds not unvolatile just, they just move the volatility averaged out on a day-by-day basis moves very within it moves on a daily basis within very small bounds and it's fair enough unvolatile over it you know, a certain period of time. I, there's nothing that's unvolatile, right? I don't think we have anything that's 100% stable, whether that be a commodity or land or Arizona investment or anything else, right? Or maybe, what were you going to say? Arizona iced tea, it's 99 cents, or the Costco hot dog. Costco hot dog might be, that Costco hot dog might be a good stable. That would actually not, but they're losing money on that because they want you to come in and buy the rest of that bullshit that they have. It's a lost leader. I once saw an amazing interview on British TV with a pound shop owner um, in the north of England. And he, unironically, it was like just off the budget. So we have a thing where you guys presume we have a similar thing where the chancellor comes out with a briefcase. It's a symbolic, you know, the budget isn't here. I don't know if the budget is actually in there, but whatever. It was on budget day. They were like, we've got a pound shop owner in an apron. Like he looks like the guy from open all hours. If anybody gets that reference, no, we're going to get him to say something about the budget. And he just goes, well, you know, the, the natural enemy of the pound shop owner is inflation. (laughs) It sounds like the frozen orange juice, uh, futures from, uh, training spaces. Exactly. Oh, what a great film. There you go. All, all my references are '80s movies, so that's it. That's, that's a great film. <clears throat> so, no, um, you saw so I, one, one yes. of the things. One of the things about um, having a stable coin in the ecosystem is, though, it, it inherently makes everything else more unstable because it gives it a location to dump to. So, tell me more. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, if you have a safe haven, right, and it's easily accessible rather than more difficult about having to shuffle things around um, to get to a sex to exit um, your money. If you have, uh, say, say pot people are piling into a token somewhere and then there's like a hiccup or something, it, it gives people an easily accessible safe haven to swap straight to, which decimates the price of the other token. So if you were swapping between other tokens in the same ecosystem that it would just, it would even out volatility more than being able to just dump everything into a, um, a stable coin. If That's that makes pretty, sense to you. It does make it. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I, I guess the idea that, I guess it depends on where that stable coin is and, and what the structure of that is. But the idea that we're constantly, in those situations that it also, I guess it comes back to our original conversation, which is trying to 
trying to bring new people into the ecosystem, which is that I want to be able to provide easy methods for people to be able to move USD or other types of just kind of fiat currency into this ecosystem to be able to invest and be able to put money behind projects and those types of things, right? Because those same LP pools that you're talking about that allow the exit also allow the entrance. And so when we go back to this Juno type of thing, back to Prop 26, and we're saying that we're going to be able to take 15,000 Juno and just make it towards devs, I, I kind of go back to the idea around what's really important here is growth and ecosystem growth. Um, and not to make it a Ponzi, because I don't think that's exactly what I'm, that's not what I'm trying to ex- explain here, but there is importance that allows that this ecosystem overall has to grow um, for not only for the health of the ecosystem, but also for these projects to be successful for the long term, et cetera, et cetera. I think so, I Idols has is, is nailed it here, that stables seem to be invented for day trading and leverage. And I think from a sex point of view, um, they probably were. But in terms of like decentralized exchanges, it gives a base for people to day trade off. So yeah. people can en- enter and exit tokens all day long back to a safe haven for them to sleep on with while knowing that they're... Um, going to you know still be whole in the morning or yeah. even at the, at the same time like in in terms of ust earner uh you know uh return on it while they're sleeping until it disappears um so in term that that's not good for volatility that just adds so imagine if that didn't exist and then you know you would have people who are for example, interested in the Juno project, so they go and invest in the Juno project and they take it and sit on it, and there's not this crazy trading going on in the meantime. Yeah, what I was going to say was I think, I think there's a couple sides to it. Um, I, think, I think my first take on whether a stablecoin is necessary is basically what the purpose of the app is, right? Like, I have a something that I'm developing. And for me, a stablecoin is, is absolutely necessary. And that leads into my point too, is in my opinion, and this might be a controversial take here, the end goal of crypto is for users to not know they're using crypto. Like there needs to be an interface that's so seamless that yes, they're using crypto, but they don't even know that. They're just using an app that happens to be decentralized, happens to have a lot of really cool features that crypto brings. And one of the ways to facilitate that interaction is having some stable meeting between um, between the real world, world and, and crypto, if you will. I think that's a good point. I, no, your 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 point is right. Like that idea, I, I see both sides. Like that idea to be able to have some stability and be able to pull things out is is, is a good point. I think the idea to say, hey, if we're in the ecosystem, then we're, we're in the ecosystem, and to be able to create barriers of exit. Maybe that's not the right term, but it's kind of what you're saying, but almost like a barrier to exit to say, hey, we're moving this to Adam or I'm going to move it to, I don't know, a, a larger market cap type of coin that doesn't necessarily swing as far as, say, Chihuahua or Cerberus and those types of things where I have a little bit more stability in terms of price, or at least it moves a little bit slower. And then if I want to be able to move that out, then I'm moving through regular, you know, DEXs and those types of things. So, or sex or CEXs or whatever. So I kind of get both sides of that, that argument. It's a good, it's a good question, actually. I think well, in I terms it also like comes this, down to liquidity, doesn't it? Because yeah, like, well, what about those highly volatile ones like Cerberus and um, and uh, well, 
let's just say servers. So everything else in the cosmos right now. Well, you know the the meme coins. I was just trying to remember the fucking names of. Uh, so the meme. <laughs> coins are, meme. But um, it, that's you know maybe they wouldn't have ended up decimated so much as they did if there wasn't an easy out. I mean, yeah. Surely they surely they could just be you know switching over to Osmo or um, Adam and exiting that. I way, thought we're but, supposed to blame validators for all that shit, right? Like just selling rewards and shit. I thought that validate. was the party line. Wasn't that what it was? Yeah, we're, we're the devil. So yeah, I, that five percent really fucking decimates all these coins and shit. Yeah, man. Yeah. And so yeah. Well, anyway, that's I'm, I'm just saying the same thing over and over again. But Frey, you, what were you gonna say? You catch well. I think also like the tokenomics of the space very much tend towards coins that will be artificially held high in value so long as there is enough liquidity to hold them high. Like a common thing that people are saying on Telegram at the moment in the Juno chats, or and I imagine in every other chat, um, it's just the Juno is the one I check in on the most, is like, you know, well, what's happened to the price? What's happened to the price? And it's like, well, the liquidity's gone down, so price has gone down, right? Like uh, the you know, the the reason the a lot of the tokenomics of these so some of these coins they they actually are indefinitely inflationary, but the amount in circulation at any given time is actually not infinite, right? Which is exactly how a central bank works, um, and it's all about kind of juggling that to affect some notion of value and the the complexing is balancing that with liquidity in such a way that there's any consistency and until until you basically get users to think that this is not an investment yeah fundamentally you can't create because that's the difference between a, a safe harbor a stable and a high cap um high supply meme coin it's only the perception that it won't go up and the thing is, it actually is going up and it is going down. Even if it's pegged to the US dollar, it's constantly fluctuating because the US dollar constantly fluctuates and it's not constantly pegged either. But on if you looked on a monthly, bi-monthly, yearly basis, it would be moving around. It would just be moving around slowly. So what's really different is actually the way the consumer is looking at it, which is not as an investment. So they're prepared to spend it like money. Um, and so it's that... It's that expectation and it's the purchasing price parity that matters. And I know we've talked about purchasing price parity on the podcast before. Um, but you know, is it if you the the interesting question, right? Is if you did tokenomics like Stargaze, which is quite stable yeah. in terms of its general bracket, if you did tokenomics like Stargaze and you called it a stable coin but you did nothing else than launch a chain that had underlying utility, would it behave like a stable coin? Like if you could basically make it a black box and people would have to trust you. And let's say people did trust you as developers and they would, like as a thought experiment, if you say it's a stable, they will trust you that it's a stable. I mean, this is basically the thought experiment of Tether, right? It's close. I've led you down the garden path. <laughs> so, well, I mean, yeah. have you looked into the disclaimer on the USDC site recently? No. Was it say you're fucked? 
Well, it's, <laughs> it's fucking woolly as hell, isn't it? It's like, oh, yeah, we're kind of, yeah, we've got some dollars, you know, we've got some yeah. other stuff. We're kind of over collateralized. Don't worry, you pretty little head about it. And it's like, it, it's like, you know, when you see uh, prime beef, the reason yeah. people say prime beef, or at least in the UK, you see that quite a lot, is because it has no meaning. Really? It, it, it doesn't Come mean on. anything. You don't get the you don't get the choice versus prime situation out there. Well, yeah, so, it, it means not, some it means something. But if you if you put if you put if you put like a a certification like Red Tractor or RSPCA or whatever, it me, or it means that the meat is verifiably of a quality from a place. It's not horse meat, whatever. <laughs> okay, that was a real scandal. It happened in the UK a few years ago. The supermarkets were selling horse meat. It was a thing. Um, was it good? <laughs> You mean prime beef? <laughs> nay. nay, 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 There you go. Hey man, I've, had, uh, I've had horse sashimi in Japan. It's actually quite nice. I mean, it probably is fine, but I'm actually not. not well, I mean, I don't eat meat really anymore. But if I, I'm not a snob when I do. I, my favorite, the, the meat I still do eat is awful because it's good for you. Um, but but that's but that's that's by the bite. The, the the point is that the reason people say it's prime. Uh, prime beef is because in the UK that has no meaning. So if you go to somebody and go, "Oh, well, this was really shit quality," you say it was prime beef, and they go, "Well, prime beef doesn't mean anything. It's just a marketing term." Fuck off. Um, <laughs> Fuck off. So it's true. Whereas if you if I said if I said this is organic, right, and I was like, "This, this is not fucking organic," yeah, and I could prove it, or you well, actually no, it's the other way around. You have to prove to me it's organic. Yeah, I could sue you under consumer rights law, you and you'd some, be like, you, "You get damages claims and things like that for organic." Uh, I don't think you get damages. I think they just probably have to write you an apology letter or something. They'd probably get fined for mis for false advertising. Actually, that's a U.S. thing. Yeah. Um, there's there's all sorts of advertising stuff you can get fined for in the U.K. Like it's usually really fucking small fines. So, but back to the point is that like uh, circles stuff around what's actually secured reminds me of 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 the Greg's steak bake specifically. The steak bake, which is prime steak, which doesn't mean anything. Um, so yeah, I'm TLDR. I'm dubious about circle. Maybe it is also a thought experiment. Maybe it's a thought experiment we're all participating in. Okay, battery eleven percent. Let's uh, pump this through a bit. So Terra Projects <laughs> announced the Juno. I'm just moving on, bud. Okay. <laughs> Appreciate Terra Projects announced for Juno. So, uh, who wants to take the lead on that? And you've got one minute. <laughs> Whole bunch of stuff. Next Last question. question. <laughs> so, give us give us the three most, uh, in your opinion, most important projects that are coming to oh, Juno. Oh, making prioritize. Uh, well, I mean, uh, obviously, Loop is the biggest. Um, the most exciting to me is Subquery because indexing Cosmosm, things I care about. Um, and there's, I'm not sure I can actually announce them, but there's a couple of other, there's NFT type stuff in the background, which obviously vested interest in. And I can't remember if the other one has been announced yet either. Some wallet stuff. Um, cool. Some so wallet stuff. Really? It's all a blur. It's all a blur of, okay, I was about to say something really bitchy then. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> it's, there's just a lot of conversations and it's hard to keep track of all of them. There we are. Well, the big ones loop, and they're Australian, so fuck everyone else. So, um, <laughs> we, uh, are exclusions from airdrops okay? Usurper, what do you reckon? 
Fuck no. That's ridiculous bullshit. That idea, yeah. it's not about who you validate with. It's that you are a member of the Cosmos Seeker system or the chain that you care about from a from that perspective. The idea of whitelisting or blacklisting validators is fucking horseshit. That is ridiculous bullshit. Why would you why would you ever dictate why somebody who makes a random selection off a validator list participates or participates or doesn't participate in some sort of airdrop? I think that's fucking bullshit. Counterpoint. Wrong. If you were doing an airdrop, would you would you include Takumi in it? Are they oh as a validator? No, no, yeah. as, in, as in, would you exclude them, the whale wallet, or would you, you mean, airdrop them 2 million tokens or whatever? You mean depending on who they're validating with? Well, I think it just means exclusions in general, like saying all these wallets are valid, valid oh, but these ones I'm aren't. I'm sorry, I read this as di- oh, oh, Let me back off my fucking tirade then. <laughs> I, read- <laughs> I was a user, I heard this the exact same way, so I was like ready to go. Schultz and I were on the same page. I think the idea here with this question, let me let me let me read into this question and let me rephrase this question the way it should have been rephrased. That sounds like an asshole move. The I think I think the idea was that should you exclude either based on validator selection or based on other types of, like let's talk about validator selection. The idea that people are valid that are staking into the ecosystem, who they validate with should make no difference in whether or not they're included or not excluded with that excluded with an airdrop I'm, I'm specifically talking about coastland on this evmos thing which is i think a bunch of horseshit like that is a validator populator co- population uh a popularity conference which i are type of structure which i think is absolute garbage i think that's that's awful our exclusions from airdrops say to say from a sex perspective or something similar where you say i'm i'm just validated yeah. with with i don't know with Kraken and they have a validator and I don't know even know where I'm validating. I'm just staking because it says I'm going to get 30 cents on the, you know, on the dollar for what I'm validating and those types of things that I think is okay because I, I think those individuals are not necessarily invested in the ecosystem. Um, they're in a, they're in a, uh, in a uh, exchange type pers- perspective where they're just clicking a button in a web page and they don't understand the, 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 the structure behind that. I think that's okay. I think uh, an issue with that. So, um, but the but the idea but, around like like whitelisting validators or blacklisting validators, I think, is is awful. Related point to this because this is relevant is that a lot there have been several conversations. There are ongoing several conversations uh, with staking protocols. Not naming any names. Um, most staking protocols work on selecting a subset of uh, sorry liquid staking protocols work on uh, liquid staking or otherwise um, like or lending protocols work on selecting a subset of validators what is your take on those protocols wasn't that clear enough I don't understand uh, so, 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 so in, in the case of something like liquid staking where it's a subset of validators you'd also be like it has to be all validators or none why would What's the what's the benefit to the ecosystem or the people behind it or the people who are putting time and effort into this ecosystem on limiting? So I I'll, let me let me give you my thoughts on it. Maybe that'll um, clear up things up a little bit. So for my my opinion is that I think it's okay to exclude some validators or at least change airdrop rules for validators. Like were I to do an airdrop, I would probably exclude zero percent validators as an example um, because they turn into something of a vampire in the ecosystem. Look at Kava. Um, and I would also probably do like 
a reverse system where if you're staking near the top, you'll receive less than those staking near the bottom. Um, just, to, just to kind of reward decentralization. Um, I think using airdrops as a way of like changing behavior is a really compelling method for doing it. Now, that's different from saying, I will only give an airdrop to these four validators, or I'm excluding these four validators for specific reasons. That I don't see positive in, but I do see positive in at least using as a method for um, achieving certain outcomes. But is, is, isn't that... Is that actually solving the problem or just like band-aiding the issue? Like the, the solving the problem would be, I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure if it's actually solving the issue around, around staking. We were just talking about this also on Twitter related to how to build UI around being able to choose a validator, right? Like, like, like there's different UIs here. Like I think the, the Omniflex team has done a great job in terms of being able to make sure that, and the interfaces that they provide around staking have a random structure around validators, at least so they're not ordered, right? Kepler is exactly ordered based on staking one to 100 and whatever based on what the validator ownership is. MintScan highlights the top 10. Why are they highlighting the top 10? Who gives a shit? They should be hiding the top 10, like, or at least hiding the top 33%. Like they're, they're highlighting to say, like the highlight says, Hey, these are the safe ones. Fuck all these below that, right? Type of idea. And we're not like we're in we're in the top ten in one chain, right? And I would say within that structure, like those types of things, like you want to be able to drive behavior through UI. And I think all of these staking interfaces, regardless of of what the staking interfaces are, should be pushing towards decentralization, at least in terms of that idea to say, hey, we don't want a SIF chain structure where 67% of the of the voting powers in the top, whatever it is, seven validators or whatever the hell it is. So I have, I have a dumb question and possibly somebody on the here can, can answer me. Every staking protocol um, that I've heard talking um, about staking, uh, staking derivatives, lending, borrowing, um, or null sneezing again, um, or... Uh, Using or, my or, 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 or liquid staking or whatever. Um, yeah. They always say, oh, we can only support a subset of validators. But I don't really understand why other than coordination. Is it just laziness or am I missing something fundamental about how these protocols work? I don't understand the liquid staking stuff enough to be able to comment on that. But I, I mean, the, the challenge within 100 plus validators is not to be overlooked, right? In terms of coordination and everything else. Although Osmosis, to their credit, halted a chain within 12 minutes based on a seven-word Discord comment around 100 plus validators, which is pretty amazing, right? Yeah, yeah. I so think maybe just... it, maybe it's just the coordination point, and maybe that's the, the underlying reason. I'm sure, like if if any of the Juno swap guys watch this back and I've made a factual mistake then I'm going to hear it. I'm going to hear it in the DMs. So I guess we'll find out for next uh, next week and we can do a follow-up if I'm totally wrong about that one. But um, So I yeah. just want to confirm that um, by Juno.love there, uh, Firestake have actually said, on, I just went and checked it, they said on their Twitter that they are exiting their operations. So they're 10, I mean, what did you say, 10, 12? chains the 
I guess they're going to exit. They said uh, they're either going to – now, this first one I don't quite understand. They said they're going to transition out. So they said there's one of two ways, either transition their nodes to trusted providers via a key exchange, which is a little strange, or um, unbond. So there you have it. Or, or rebrand. Well, unbond and then rebrand, I guess. Yeah. Which um, is, I mean – Oh, it's starting from zero again, so that's a, a bit of a bastard. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, but I mean, it, we talked about this before, but I mean, they, there's some bad decisions in there. They tried to do the right thing, maybe whether, regardless of whether that was based on being boxed in, based on the chain and having the data to be able to see that or whether that was conscious. I saw something like a Twitter, a tweet from them that says like, we're laying up at night thinking about this. Yeah, I would think so, right? Like you're stealing from the community that you're trying to be able to build from. So yeah, I would I would hope that that would create some thoughts. And it, if it did create some thoughts and it didn't make them tweet that out then then there's some value in that right so if that if that turns into a rebranding and you know we're going to start over and we're start with smaller number of chains and rebuild then so be it then maybe that's a lesson that's learned um the fray did you want to do your dgen moment man uh yeah we can do that uh <laughs> it's, it's literally a half of today's agenda is just i don't know <laughs> Give there are a lot of questions on Twitter. There are a lot of questions on Twitter. People really want to know. Go for it, man. Okay, cool. DJ minute. Here we go. It's gonna be slightly longer than a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I told you the definition for math: mathematical anti-thorastic septum septonum. Don't ever question. Now me I about finally know math. what maths means. There we um, go. I want to know please. all about hell. I want to know, uh, you know okay. what, what so, validator I need to be staked to to get the airdrop. Yeah, so you need to be staked <laughs> only to needle. Ca- no, no, um, no, no. Uh, we've been very, very clear about it from the start. That's fucking bullshit. So uh, all the questions are, that we got through on Twitter, and I didn't write down who asked any of these. So I'm just going to answer them in as quick fire fashion as I possibly can. Number one, no. how launch date? Uh, when it's fucking ready lads uh number two will how support kepler mobile yes it will but you can't integrate a testnet application with kepler mobile so we literally can't build and test that until we go mainnet which brings us back to how launch date when it's fucking ready lads cool um name service plan differentiator our partnerships planned uh yeah we have a bunch of stuff on the roadmap we need to finish building how first then it's the same team uh differentiator is don't fucking pretend to be a domain it's for smart contracts and web you know interchange stuff and ica host is coming to juno it's currently going to be on testnet next week and we're going to launch it soon juno is a host chain name services on juno other smart contracts in the cosmos ecosystem can call it there's a differentiator for you um is number question number four is this on chain or traditional web servers uh, I don't know if that was asking about the name service or Howl, but both of them are on chain. Both of them are on chain metadata. That's very new to Cosmos. None of the metadata is off chain. There will be some stuff where we do long form posts on Howl, where that will be on IPFS. Your images for names are on IPFS as well. Everything else is on chain. It's on chain metadata. 
Um, question five, why $20 target price for a name? Will this affect airdrops? Uh, $20 seems like a reasonable amount to pay once for a name for all time. If it's less than $20, it's a network attack vector. Um, you can use, you can create lots of names and then spam a downstream service that's using it as a login layer because you can only ban it. it usually people will ban a name because that's the most valuable thing that somebody will own. It's the best vector for moderation. So that's why $20. Uh, will it affect airdrops? No, probably not. Whatever. Uh, six, why is how not its own chain? Because the whole point of Juno is you find product, product market fit and then you go build a new thing. And chain dev is really tedious. I'm already helping to build one chain. I don't need to be doing two at once. Uh, seven, uh, what role does how token play besides governance? Um, you can stake on content, you get rewards, creators get rewards, stakers get rewards. It's going to be fucking wild, lads. Uh, question eight How will how integrate with other dApps on Juno? Uh, it already natively works with DowDow. Um, so DowDow props and stuff, you currently can't comment on them. You need kind of discussion around them. You can tag them from a how, uh, like a, it's kind of like a hashtag. You can say reference a prop and you can then have a discussion around that prop. Uh, so that's one integration. Um, there will probably be more as more dApps launch. Um, obviously, Juno Swap and stuff um, as well. So that's pretty insane uh, and cool. What's the difference between Hal and Twitter Weibo? Well, Twitter and Weibo are fucking on Web2 and they're maintained by advertising. We don't have advertising. Uh, we don't really give a shit if you follow two people and you only want to see their posts on your wall because we'd have no reason to just put random shit in your feed that you don't want because we don't need to sell you shit. That's literally the point. So what is different is that our entire economic model is predicated around serving you content you give a fuck about rather than trying to sell your data. Don't really know how to explain it better than that. Uh, go read No Logo by Naomi Klein. Um, how will moderation work? Number 10. I've been tearing my hair out over that. We're working hard on it. Public alpha there will be changes to it. But yeah, the DAO will control moderation. There'll be a sub DAO that controls moderation as well. I'll There's take it. Different. I'll take it. You want me to ban all cunts, I'll do that. No problem. You can be the moderator. Yeah. Me and Noel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you. we'll moderate Block. all of it. Fuck it. Are you yeah. Yeah. Terms of service, yeah. don't be a cunt. Games and nodes blocks it. Schultzy too. Well, fuck it. Listen, you piss me off, you're gone no. forever. I don't Absolutely. give a shit. I want we'll to put that into terms of Fuck it. I want to have this, this out, man. Authoritative. Yeah, Fuck it. Push Trump to the top of the fucking pedestal. Fuck it. Fuck. If you're a cunt, you're gone. That's it. That's the structure. Done. Okay. Uh, 11. When Dens, Dens doesn't exist. There's not going to be a Dens token. It's all Hal now. That's that one. Uh, what's the difference between Hal and Dens? One's a name service. One's a micro blogging. Well, one's medium, but on chain with a bunch of cool economic incentives and new stuff. One of them's a login layer that any app can use, any DAP can use. Uh, how will how promote itself and keep its active user base up? Uh, when you stake on content, your stake expires after a period of time. So you can't just like go to the hello world howl that comes out on day one that Callum will no doubt post with some fucking spicy take and then stake on that and then continue earning howl forever because it will expire after a couple of weeks and you have to come back and decide what new shit you want to stake on. Um, 
uh, I can't connect with Dent's name on multiple networks. Why is that? Because uh, ICA hasn't been launched yet, but when it has, other people can integrate with it. Um, can I sell selling names? Can I sell names? Something like that. Uh, I can't uh, sell no. When can I sell dick butt? When can I sell dick butt? Uh, yeah, very yeah. good. Um, well, <laughs> when some when when there's a native uh, marketplace for NFTs, you can they're just NFTs. You can sell names. You could you can, I guess you could sell how you could sell posts. If you have a post that's super fucking spicy, I'm sure Callum's fucking posts are going to be really oh. valuable on how. Got to hold um, on that dick butt. You, you Wait, can do you that. Can sell a post. And yeah. that's the shit right there. Sell a post or stake on a post. You can stake on a post uh, to like like the equivalent of liking something. There's, there's yeah. no retweet. There's no like a retweet. There's no amplify because there's it doesn't, no amplify. Really, doesn't really Wait, have so a. Is a post just a nifty? No analog. Yeah, Jesus. a post is a nifty. So I can sell my post. Yeah, okay. And what? And then yeah. so, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Can yeah, you sell it? You could cool, sell it. it. Yeah, if you want to. Um, but obviously, bear in mind that the stakes on it actually expire. So although it's, although it's really primo content it's not guaranteed that its value will be stable for all of time because it's not like you're selling an income stream yeah. um plan to make how price go- grow oh i don't know probably continue trying to build a useful product and then hopefully people will want to use the token Couldn't continue really fuck, continually otherwise. shill it on game of notes yeah, yeah so they will probably market, market, it. market on, on to our 10 fucking viewers <laughs> I think most of our viewers are Howl devs. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> shit. Like, literally um, everybody watching this, we know this business plan sucks. <laughs> it's basically the, the thing is, Game of Notes started off as let's film, let's film the group call. <laughs> and now it is literally, now the drama per second has lowered a bit and we're in a bear market. <laughs> it is just literally the Wednesday group call for the lads. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine uh, to be honest we are doing pretty well in terms of podcast listening i'm very grateful to people who download and listen to this podcast enjoy what are our numbers got, like? shh, who cares or, who, don't, don't, that's this fucking is after show it's after great show, yeah it's, it's amazing it's a huge huge it's growing like this but it's growing like a, it's a Huge spike. Straight, Just shut up. Straight fucking line goes you, straight up. Are you confused about grade or? Shh. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I just read a book. book on... We really do this for fun anyway, so we're not like. It doesn't matter. Well, it doesn't podcast. matter. I, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. That's good. You went through that oh, pretty yeah. good, man. Yeah. Sorry, that was that was more than a minute, but hopefully, what's the what's the release date? When you when you guys going? uh, When can I? uh, How launch date? It was the first question. You said when fucking ready, fucking where's fucking ready, lads? Listen, it was it took a lot of effort for me to put the strike through on all these items as you were going through it, which I appreciate. I know that you appreciated to see that I was appreciate. I I was. Yeah, it's I very know. useful. Very, very Thank helpful. You, you, were, you were doing the striking, Rhino. I'm not listening. Shit. I'm not listening to shit on this show. Yeah, okay. that's good. Okay, I'll go back and listen on the podcast and understand. It's, it's all now. just. It's all. Just, all you need to know is it's all just a very, very long form rug play where we're going to build features so that we can post external content from the Game of Nodes YouTube channel, and then rug pull the entire service, and I then. Mean, I, there's nobody. I mean, nobody has any question about that. It's our whole. Isn't that a moniker? I thought we set that in the description of this podcast. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, yeah, 
it's it's essentially it's essentially the rug pull podcast. Um, <laughs> no one's doing rug All right, it's, should we, we wrap up? up? Yeah. yeah okay. What, what are we most excited about this week? Who wants to start? Schultz. Sleep. You got that. You got that muscle shirt on. Let's see what's going on. What do you got going on down there? And you want me to lift my shirt? You want me to flash the screen? That's not what I said. It's not at all what I said. I didn't say anything near that. Uh, I'm actually pretty excited for the Quicksilver uh, testnet that's coming up, I think, next week. Um, they just announced that the next round is going to be here, and they're going to have more features to test out. I think it's cool. Um, Defund has another one that's coming out here soon that I'm also really excited about. Cool. Sick. Nice. <laughs> Sick. Who's next, Sick, bro? Uh, I'll go next and say I'm fucking. Ex- I'll be. I'm just gonna be super excited about finally fucking finishing this moderation stuff, and then uh, I need to finish doing the Akash shit that I've been talking about for literally six weeks. Nice. That's gonna be sick. What was that? That was a, a weird <laughs> muscle. That was like a muscle move that you were making. Yeah. Sort. So I, I'm in the loft. So the ceiling's here. Um, because I have my laptop in an alcove so if I go like that I well I can do it now actually because there is a a window directly above me and it's actually open so So you can raise the roof but only six to eight inches is that what you're saying you can't quite see it but there is actually a a window oh there you go oh that's nice got some breeze Um, so that's why I could actually I realized actually belatedly I could just do that but um, perfect but yeah arms are tiny it looked, it looked like you had entered a bukkake party. It's <laughs> <laughs> a, a weird transition. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Usurper, what do, you, what do you got going oh, on? Oh, am I going next? Okay. Yeah. I'll be at uh, Consensus 2022 down in Austin this weekend. I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm hoping to... See, uh, if anybody finds me, I have some Rhino stickers and other types of goodies to give away. If you show me that you are a delegator to Rhino, holy cow, that would be incredible. I'll give you a T-shirt. I got some really bitching swag that's ready to go around. So I'm excited to be going on there. I'm, this is my first conference that I've been involved in um, as a validator here in the Cosmos. So I'm excited. There's a osmosis party Friday, Saturday night and trying to get involved in couple different conversations it's always nice to be able to separate the discord monikers from real people um which is why i love game of notes so much because these are great people on this call um and you know and and our listeners as well and the people that interact with the game of notes is just it's just amazing to be able to put some real you know kind of um personalities behind um just an icon and a name which has really been great and so um Columns just said the Esmos party been halted. That's that's cruel, dude. Um, so that's Saturday night. The party can never stop. So I, I'm going to try to have a good time this weekend and not be roofied um, is my goal um, and not bring any ledgers. So stay away from me. I'm not going to have a ledger fanny pack in front of me with the ledger name on it. I'm not going to have any ledgers on me. I'm not going to have anything associated to me. So just stay away from my knuckles and my kidneys. Um, but I'm excited about, about going down there and those types of things. So if you see me down there, that would be great. Um, the other thing I'm excited about, um, there, I mean, as I think I've said in this podcast before, I've been involved in the Helium project a lot, which is uh, a LoRaWAN uh, kind of incentive structure around being able to build uh, a tremendous amount of nodes across the globe to be able to allow um, uh, 
small devices to be able to produce lower WAN packets to be able to produce, you know, like GPS locations and other types of information like temperature and other types of things. Um, that tool set that we've been looking at for a long time, they're, they're exploring other ecosystems to say, hey, we want to look at both, um, you know, maybe Cosmos or we want to look at uh, other types of tool sets out there because they're kind of struggling with what they've been building on the Helium network. And they're looking at Cosmos and kind of a little bit involved in that. I know they're looking at a lot of exploration type of things. Um, but Helium team will be down there in Austin this week as well. So I'm hoping to be able to bring some Cosmos love to that to that tool set. I think uh, the structure around Cosmos and the IBC piece of things and what they're trying to do is, is a really good fit um, um, versus maybe other types of things that might be looking at in terms of substrate and other types of areas. So uh, that's another area that we're looking at um, and trying to play a role in. Um, and those are, that's what I'm excited about this week. So it's actually a nice, it's going to be a good weekend and I'm looking forward to give you guys an update next Wednesday. Awesome. No, uh, T grades coming. <laughs> <laughs>